Today's video, we're going to look at the books I read in the past month and really what I learned about craft by reading. I'm going to try to do these videos every month where I talk about the books that I've read and a few things that I've learned about craft or storytelling or setting. I'd love if you'd hang out with me and, and hopefully something I share will, will help you in your writing. I want to get right into sharing the books that I read this month, but before I do, I really want to explain why I read the books that I read. And to do this, I need to talk about Grady Hendrix. I got to talk to Grady Hendrix a few months ago. It was so entertaining and so much fun. I asked Hendrix specifically about horror and he shares that kind of idea about niches and finding your niche and going back to the past and seeing where it all came from. And so I really thought about doing that. I thought, well, what are the great stories in the niches that I like to, to read and how do they stack up to books that are being published now? The first one is the Silence of the Lambs. I heard a lot about it. I watched the movie years ago and I just never really got around to reading the book, but I read it um, this month. So a couple things about storytelling that I learned. First was this really utilitarian use of description. Thomas Harris was a journalist before becoming a writer and it really showed. His descriptions were so clean and crisp and they just didn't linger in a way that sometimes they do in other books. You don't get long descriptions. The scenes were described exactly the way I would expect a journalist to describe scenes. And it really just gave me this idea that like, I think that we sometimes con concern ourselves too much with the ambiance of a location and how the setting makes readers feel. And, and actually I'm gonna talk a lot about that when we get to the, the next book. But in this description, we get setting, but we're also getting characterization, which is what I love. It's this, it's chapter three. It's really early on. It's kind of the first time we meet Hannibal Lecter. And this is how Harris describes his cell. Dr. Lecter's cell is well beyond the others, facing only a closet across the corridor. And it is unique in other ways. The front is a wall of bars, but within the bars at a distance greater than the human reach is a second barrier. A stout nylon net stretched from floor to ceiling and wall to wall. Behind the net, Starling could see a table bolted to the floor and piled high with soft cover books and papers, and a straight chair also fastened down. So again, you see this kind of like really clean, crisp description. You're getting a little bit about Lecter, but a little bit about his cell and kind of how those two things merge. The other thing I want to talk about when it comes to, to Thomas Harris is he does a great job of having his characters have divergent goals through dialogue. In scenes, Lecter wants one thing, Clarice Starling wants another, and he allows them just to both want their things separately and creating this dynamic where the two characters are asking questions and not getting them answered, you're really continuously hooking readers because at least one of those questions has depth to it. And so a reader's really engaged in what that, that particular question is and finding an answer to that question. So again, we get this really punchy dialogue in which the characters are not cooperating with one another. And I think as writers, we often want to make sure our characters are cooperating in a way, but I think that that's wrong. And not wrong all the time, but sometimes it's much more fun to read where characters are just not giving in to each other. Even if readers aren't getting the information that they want at the speed they want, sometimes that's a good thing. Let's go to the next book. All right, let's talk. Haunting of Hill House. Here's what Grady Hendrix has to say about Haunting of Hill House and, and how it has influenced contemporary writers. With the Marston House, you know, that sort of sits over the town of Jerusalem. It, it doesn't really relate to the story mm -hmm. at all. 
And he works really hard to make it work. And, and even since then, in later years, he's like, yeah, I was really influenced by Jackson's Haunting of Hill House. I mean, you see here how Shirley Jackson has influenced Stephen King and how Stephen King has influenced Grady Hendrix and how Grady Hendrix is currently, you know, writing books and influencing uh, new writers as well. One day I was sitting at my desk, this desk, and the phone rang and I answered it and I heard him say, hey, Chris, it's Steve King calling. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm if I should be if I can be profane on your go for it. I think I think here. this calls I, for it. <laughs> I I almost said you. <laughs> so you see how this is really an important thing to be doing as writers is thinking about our genre and going to the classics and thinking about how they are influencing the people that we admire. So I read this and I know what you're thinking. Why read this? There's a perfectly good Netflix series about this book. I'll say this, I really liked the book. I, I liked the show a lot too. They're very different and I think it's okay to like both but you can tell me if I'm wrong there, if, I, if there's one I should like more. I don't think this, if they were faithful to the book in the way that The Silence of the Lambs was, I just don't think this would be as compelling visually as it was uh, in book form, I could be wrong. I liked it actually way more than I thought I would. I'd, I'd read some of Shirley Jackson's other things, like We Have Lived in the Castle, The Lottery, of course, but it was just so subtle in a way that I personally really enjoyed. What I learned about writing, settings are people too, and that as such, should be treated with the same type of focus and attention that you would a character. And so I know that in this this book in particular, The Haunting of Hill House, Hill House actually does play like a major role in the story and, and is really a character. But I, I really think that the, the lesson I took away was that if you can keep that same attention on the books that you're writing as, as Shirley Jackson does to Hill House, I think you're gonna be better for it. When we first meet Hill House, this is the description that we get. No human eye can isolate the unhappy coincidence of line and place which suggests evil in the face of a house. And yet somehow a manic juxtaposition, a badly turned angle, some chance meeting of roof and sky, turned Hill House into a place of despair, more frightening because the face of Hill House seemed awake, with a watchfulness from the blank windows and a touch of glee in the eyebrow of a cornice. And and obviously, like I said, you know, Hill House is meant to take on this really strong emotion for us as readers. It, it's meant to be something that is so dramatic. But I think if you're doing this in your own writing as well, you're gonna just be much better off for it. And the attention to detail and the attention to setting is really what I learned most from Haunting of Hill House. Let's talk dark academia. The Ninth House. This book has different points of view and different timelines. I did this on Audible. I drive to work. I have a long commute to work, like 40, 45 minutes each way. Obviously. Um, if you're doing a book that has different points of view or and or different timelines, uh, I highly suggest this. Okay, next book. Night film. I'm actually not gonna talk about it. I've read this book a bunch of times. You can see it's all messed up. I love this book. I never really could pinpoint why. I mean, there was a couple reasons um, that I knew, right? Like that noir, like thriller, mystery, it was fun. I did a whole video on this about looping questions and why I think it works so well. So I'm gonna link that. This next one's fun, okay? This was for my brain. I don't, I don't read a lot of Pulp Fiction. 
but I read Cult of the Spider Queen by S.A. Cider, and I actually interviewed him, but I read that on my Kindle, and I really liked it. I like Pulp Fiction. I said it. It's out there. It's in the Arkham universe, H.P. Lovecraft. Not a great guy. There is a certain ickiness about enjoying a Lovecraft really anything. But I'm gonna buy the board game because that guy's dead, so. All right, and that, is that it? Did I do it? If you liked that video, drop a like and subscribe because I've got, I've got more stuff coming. I'm looking for new book recommendations for next month. Please drop those down there as well.